Yankees. The very enthusiastic head coach and general manager in Brian Tracy. Uh, he is a TBT favorite. And, and a guy that uh, is a Desert Storm veteran. Uh, didn't get drafted in the NFL. Instead went to, into the Army back in 1990. Major car accident. Stopped him from making a return to the NFL. Head injury. And now here he is. Compares the Utah Valley. Reminds him of the 2004 Pistons team. No funnies to start. A lot of guys grouped together with a bunch of blue colored grinders. Over to the big fella, Keith Close, drive and hammer duck with a left hand. Boss backs his way in with a jump hook, puts that one down. That's twice left, he's done yeah. that. Backs, he shoots over Salvi. What's up, everybody? Not My House is in the House is your host, Eric, and as always, right next to me is my co-host, Zach. Zach, what's going on this morning, my friend? I'm excited. I know they're not the Utah Valor anymore, but I got my Utah Valor shorts on, and we just had so many former players on, so I'm just uh, ready to get to it. I'm a big supporter, so I can't wait for this one. Yeah, he's the GM and the coach of the Redeem team in the TBT, formerly known as Utah Valor, as Zach just said. He also may be the king of the internet memes in the TBT world on social media, Mr. Brian Tracy. How are you doing today, sir? Pretty good. How you guys doing? Appreciate you letting me come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've had uh, probably half your roster on the show. Chris Jones, Keith Kloss, a ton of your guys on. Um, now we get to have you on. Uh, we like to learn about our guests before we uh, get rolling. So uh, Utah, Ogden, Utah, is that correct? Where you started uh, Where you started when you were a little kid? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Ogden. Yeah, down here in Ogden, Utah. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, what sports did you start off on? Was it Little League Baseball or football or basketball? Uh, I'd say Little League football, basketball, baseball. Kind of was a kid that just liked to get involved in it. soccer. So just And if there's a sport out there, I just love jumping into it. <laughs> yeah, so you were playing any, and pretty much anything. You sound like, like me growing up. Any, anything I could play sports-wise, I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so you're a big football guy, and we'll dive into more about later. Um, but when did you actually? I want to. I want to ask you about football for a second. So you said little league football. Basically, when did you start playing football? Like, were you playing tackle right off the bat, or oh, was yeah, it since elementary school? I just jumped into it. I had cousins that played, and I just jumped into little league with them, and just kept going. <laughs> awesome. And uh, you know, what about basketball? Like, I know that you have a little bit of a basketball background. Like, did you play high school basketball or anything like that, or when did you first develop that love for basketball? Uh, probably around the same time I was at football, basketball growing up was my two favorites, you know, play a little base, little league be baseball, but like I say, football, basketball, just took it right to it. And like I say, uh, Magic Johnson, <laughs> when I was 10 years old, I remember I watched him down here in Salt Lake. In fact, it was the bird magic game right down there in Salt Lake. And I was a, he was a fan right from there, you know, far as magic but yeah I, I liked watching i started like when the old supersonics and bullets i remember them as a kid that's probably when i first took the nba but yeah i just started like from elementary and just love basketball too that's awesome i've seen you on, uh, on your social media post you shooting around a little bit and uh, i gotta ask what kind of player are you what what was your game like if you had to describe your game what would you tell our listeners what your game was like as far as basketball uh just blue collar you know i'd say 
uh, kind of joke around. I was kind of like Dennis Robin before Dennis, <laughs> you know, I, you know, just joking me, just like a real aggressive player defense. You know, I always preach defense, get out there. So I wasn't the biggest guy or the fastest guy. So I had to make up for it, just out hustle and get a little physical. So yeah, physical player. So <laughs> I, uh, I played football in high school. I played basketball in high school. I mean, I played basketball since I was probably, I don't know, seven years old. Um, I always felt like I played really physical in basketball because I had the football background. You yeah, believe yeah. that was the same thing for you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, I think once with the football background, it brings on that, like you say, that mentality of being physical. And so getting in there and knocking it around is kind of nothing to guys like us. <laughs> yeah, right. So when you were playing football, you said you weren't the biggest guy. Were you playing like corner or safety? Were you playing uh, on defense? Yeah, I played running back, corner, safety, even a little linebacker. Later in years, through like semi-pro, unfortunately, I had to end up playing on the line a little bit, but that's just because we didn't have enough guys. At the oh, wow. So you're playing the, you're playing the line. What's your, what's your numbers? How, how tall, how, 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 what was your weight? Oh, gee, it was about 20 years ago. So I was a lot, I was a lot heavier then. So I was like 230, 240 back then. Okay. So I was a lot, lot heavier about 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. Um, when you, when you were playing football in high school, any, uh, famous familiar names, the listeners might know about that you went up against. Oh, well, the only one I can really, Scott Mitchell, he was okay. around. Played uh, Springville High with the Detroit Lions, same around the same time frame. Uh, Miami Dolphins. He played for. Play, yeah, that I played with, like for against in state. You know, so. Nice, nice. Was he? Uh, <laughs> how how uh, how amazing was he in high school? Did you know he had the talent to go to the next level? Yeah, yeah, you could tell. I mean, you know, he was a southpaw. He had a great knowledge of the game, so you could see right off because he dominated a little bit in high school, so. Yeah, you could definitely see he had the talent. I think he just wants he got because it was kind of I don't want to. He was kind of awkward, you know, like we all were as kids. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Once he developed physically, yeah, he kind of took off. Now, can you talk about high school rankings? I know it's important, and basically, mostly everybody we have on is you know has a basketball background. Um, but for football, were they ranking you at the time? And did you go to any football camps or any uh, played any all star games, anything like that? I uh, just mainly like you know. Because back in the day, they didn't like now they got all these camps and all this stuff. Back then, it was just maybe like, hey, we got a camp you want to attend. It was nothing like too major. I didn't really get into like the big scouting camps until I was in the army. They had like the Blesto camp and other like scouting combines. But back in the, uh, I don't want to age myself here, but back in the 80s, <laughs> it was more or less just your high school coach would say, hey, there's Weber State's putting on a camp. You'd go up there for a few days. You know, I remember going to Weber State and some of the coaches and players, and that's kind of really all they had back in the day. Now, were you getting a, a bunch of recruiting letters in high school? What was that like? Uh, the only – the two that I recall I, I got was from Liberty University and University of Miami back in the day. So oh, I wow. Like to brag about that. <laughs> yeah, Hurricanes. You that's... know, and I talked to Weber State a lot. So, man, those were the three that I actually recall. You know, because we had a lot of guys, University of Utah recruited a lot of guys from our high school. And but with me being such a smaller guy, you know, you know, back then they're like, oh, he's a good player. But, you know, being small, it was kind of like, yeah, we don't, you know, know how far he's really going to go, you know, back then. Now, when you were 
when you were playing, because I know you know you, you know you played offense and defense, and I know most of my friends would do the same thing when we when we played ball. But there was a certain side of the field that you were better at than others. Like so, my friend got drafted. You know, not drafted, but he got recruited by Delaware. He went to Delaware and he played on the O line, not the D line, even though he was a great defensive player. Um, were you being recruited as a running back or were you being recruited as a corner safety? What were you being recruited as? Uh, running back. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, then when I got in the army. Yeah. I meant running back was because I was, well, I was around five, you know, five, seven or so. Perfect, you know, running back real quick. So. That was my main thing. I just concentrated. I played some defense still, but running back was the main. Okay. And then we hear you had a legitimate chance to go to the NFL. Did you go through the combine and the draft process at all or no? Yeah, I went to some scout, like I mentioned, the Blesto combine, because I was in the Army at the time, so which made it – see, it ain't like it is now where it's like, hey, yeah, that's good for all. You know what I mean? <laughs> then you kind of had to pick and choose and go when you could. But I remember going to the Blesto combine – few workouts because they had a good really good semi-pro league over in Colorado where I was stationed so the Denver Broncos was always key there's a couple of guys that got on with Denver like through training camp and then I applied for the 1990 NFL draft you know and what was good about because they back then before they let juniors in so I was one of 38 juniors in the 1990 draft and then 20 of us wasn't selected so they call it the undraftable 20, so to speak. <laughs> but yeah, that was a big thing because by us, even though we didn't get selected then, it was kind of we were the ones that kind of took that leap to help the others. So what you see now, just like what Spencer Haywood did for LeBron and Kobe and all those guys, kind of what we did for the NFL guys. Well, and for the for the basketball listeners that don't know a lot about football the 1990 draft was a big draft for running backs Blair Thomas went yeah. uh number two overall Emmett Smith was in that draft so yeah, Smith. <laughs> there was quite a bit of strong I mean that was a pretty strong draft to begin with but but those two names I mean Blair didn't plan out but I mean I mean obviously Emmett Smith did because we know we know all about oh, Emmett. yeah yeah <laughs> so. like I say and then you know back then it's like okay this kid he's really good but he's still got I still had a three-year hitch in the army so it's like you know, let's kind of see, you know, back then, instead of just drafting, taking a chance, it's like, we'll wait, we'll keep in touch with them, which they did, kind of see what happens. And then, unfortunately, right before I was going to get out of the Army, that's, I had an auto accident. So that's kind of, I was preparing to go, but like I said, that accident, and then that kind of ended the NFL dream, so to speak. Yeah, and, and I, want, I want to ask something about that really quick, because I heard about it on a TBT game, they mentioned it, and, you know, that. Uh, incidents like that, those can really build you. And I'm curious what you remember from that day and what you learned about from that day. I mean, whatever you're comfortable sharing with, like, what do you remember and how did it build you as a person? And how did you find the strength to kind of move on from that? Like, did you know what you wanted to do next after that happened? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'll never forget it. Cause it's like, first and foremost, you know, my health, make sure I was okay and everything. And then it's just like, you know, wow, you know, you still, cause Mentally and physically, you still feel you can do it, but you know the body ain't gonna, you know. So you're trying to prepare, okay. And then that's where I, I remembered semi-pro, and I thought, well, maybe I could still do that. But with the head injury, you had to be real careful. And then it was like uh, about three years later after my accident, I back before emails, and <laughs> I had got a letter. It was from the Phoenix Cardinals. They're now Arizona, and they were like, hey, you know, because they weren't too good then. They're like, hey, we got to position here if you want to come to just try out no promises just come and try out 
but you know, I was excited, but then I kind of knew in my heart, Hey, there's just physically, there's no way that I could. So I had to tell them, you know, yeah, I just don't feel I'm going to be able to, you know, I was appreciative, but, and that, like you say, that's hard to put that dream behind, you know, and wow, everything I wanted to do is kind of like, I can't do it no more. So like you say, you just got to kind of come to terms and try to find other avenues, whether it be maybe coaching or other leagues that maybe you could still compete in. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about the accident, but also I kind of want to dive a little bit into the, into your experience with the army, because um, I always think it's interesting to hear how disciplined you have to be every single day. I mean, can you share a little bit about what an everyday routine was like during that time? And uh, do you think like playing competitive sports maybe helped prepare you for that type of environment? And do you think that environment kind of helped bring that blue collar mentality, like that environment and the accent? Do you think that's kind of how you built that blue collar mentality? Oh, exactly. Yeah, I think they kind of complement both because you need discipline in both. You need to be, as I say, coachable as well, like Army, so to speak, coachable, being in a crew. And But I think they kind of blend well together, which, like you say, puts out blue-collar mentality, that work ethic, the fortitude, just the mission, you know. And like I say, seek and redeem, like we say, redeem team now. We're the redeem team. All of us seek redemption. I think having that background really helped me, like, focus, you know, on both sides, be like not giving up. Because in life, we all – face adversity and feel like oh man that's it we're gonna but i think army and football and basketball just just taught me to stay focused how did you get involved with basketball leagues and the tbt um coming from that football background um can you give the listeners a step-by-step process on how you got involved with the tbt oh yeah let me kind of start a little bit back when i was younger uh because they have what was called the utah summer games when i was a kid teenager and we used to play and i They'd have like college level teams, ex pro players. I think, uh, so I played with like, remember, I don't know if you guys remember Willie Soldier, uh, Soldier played in the ABA. He was an older guy then. Tanaka Baird, he's around my age. Uh, Myron Sims, guys like that. So I did summer games, but then after that, you know, like I say, played in the army a little bit. But like with TBT, you know, because I still like to shoot hoops like in rec leagues and stuff, but then I seen. A friend of mine, in fact, it was Tanaka's brother, Darius Bear. I got to give these guys kind of credit because they jumped in TBT before I did with Team Utah. Darius was the coach of Team Utah. So I followed Darius's journey, and I thought, hey, you know, I really like like this tournament. So I found out a little bit more, and I thought, well, I'm going to give it a shot, put a team together. So the first year we tried to put a team together, didn't make it in. Second year we got in on the fan boats as a Utah Valor in 2018. And then I just took on, and like I say, a lot of people come in about, oh, it's the money, but me more, it's the passion and the desire to, the, co- the competition. I just love to compete. And I like to, the guys on the team, bring them along too, because it's something that's bigger than us, you know, coming from small towns, different backgrounds. TBT gives us uh, like a stage that we can come tell our story, so to speak, and support our causes. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, we've had a couple GMs and TBT on the show. I mean, we had like Mike Iliano from Team 23, and he said the first year he thought the whole thing was kind of like a scam, like a joke, because he didn't know anything <laughs> about it. He just said a million dollars for basketball. And uh, did you kind of feel the same way? Like, did were you a little bit confused and weary of jumping into that? Or what was your first impression of TBT? Yeah, the first year I seen it. In fact, I think I seen it a year prior to Darius joining. And I remember watching on ESPN, I was like, a million dollar turn. I think it was a million then before the two million. 
I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. Where did this come from? You know, so it's kind of like I washed it. It wasn't kind of sure what it was. And then I seen it come back the next year and followed it a little bit more. And so it's like, wow, this is for real. And then just got excited about it and seen what it was doing. And then, like you say, some of the players you may have followed being involved. And, yeah, just got excited about doing it. Yeah. And, I mean, we're huge Chris Jones fans. I mean, I love Chris yeah. Jones. He, he's a great guy. We message all the time. And I feel like it's such a Billy Hoyle situation where you spot him at the park and just draining threes <laughs> on double rims or something. Like, where did you find Chris Jones? And, uh, I mean, how did you decide that he was, like, the team leader? Like, what what did you see in Chris Jones that made you think that he was the best fit to be team captain? Well, uh, I was running the Utah Basketball League part of meeting Chris. And like I said, the first year I had it, Damon Lillard was in our league. I guess he was kind of rehabbing before, you know, his senior year. So we had a bunch of those guys. And then a lot of that team had left. So Chris had contacted me about, I guess he's seen it online and he's like, Hey, I want to come and play. So I was like, yeah, come on down. We got a spot. And then me and him started talking. He just had a good, you just, I get a, I'm kind of a person that can gut person, you know, and yeah. he just had that good, you could tell he was a good leader, a good guy, kind of quiet, but, you know, a good leader, you know, and like a lot of guys, you try to coach them and say, hey, we need to do this. You might get a lot of, you know, guys wanting to do their own thing. But Chris was always coachable, wanted to learn, and he was great knowledge of basketball. So, and then it be, me and him become great friends, which was brought the great camaraderie and the friendship and was able to build on our TBT. Yeah, and I, I know exactly what you mean about that gut feeling. Like the first time I was mes messaging Chris, I had that same feeling where you just knew he's a good guy, a good leader, and just a good person. So I'm really glad that you selected him. Um, yeah. And he was such a funny guy. And I mean, when we had him on, he talked about some <laughs> funny experiences in Mexico and finding a loaded gun in his car, which we thought was <laughs> hilarious. And uh, I mean, Keith Kloss, obviously, you know, a real genuine funny guy. You have to have a favorite Chris Jones or Keith Claw story that you can share out of those two because those guys are hilarious. What's your favorite one? Oh, wow. Trying to think, Chris. Just the human nature. He just like when you, I remember in fact when we were at TBT the last time and everybody's kind of like, oh, wow, everything's getting so rushed. And then you come to Chris, he's just so uh, mild mannered and calm. And you're like, maybe everybody's kind of freaking out, but he always kept his head. He always come up with like, Hey, don't worry about it. We got, you know, just like, Hey, who cares? Like the team, we were losing at halftime in fact. And he's like, Hey, it doesn't matter. He says, we're going to be the seven or eight baddest guys they ever come across, you know, <laughs> you know, so it kind of real lighthearted, but just made us all relax. And so that, that was good. And Keith, Oh, wow. Just from talking with Keith, you know, I knew, I remember watching him years ago as a player, you know, and I think, like you say, he was well before his time as far as what he was able to do. Oh, but yeah. just when talking to him now and through the TBT of last year, just so uh, mild-mannered and just a great leader, easy to talk to, you know, and that calming effect, I should say. Because, you know, where in me, I got my hand in every basket, coaching, promotion, trying to recruit. I mean, I'm run ragged, but talk with, like, Keith, he just focused, you know, like like a Mr. Miyagi <laughs> Just Absolutely. He, a good guy to have aboard to keep you focused. And that, that's much appreciated from him. Yeah. You definitely need players like that on your team. I remember hearing a story about Joe Montana and uh, they were in the Super Bowl going for that game winning drive against the Bengals. 
and he's looking out and he goes hey guys is that john candy in the in the in the stands <laughs> like you know and, and they just realize how that's you know where he gets his joe cool nickname from where he was just so cool that he could just be like hey there's john candy all right let's go win the game i mean yeah guys like that it's just you know they're they're good to have to calm everybody's you know tempos and everybody's you know Oh, yeah. All that do. stuff, because you know how hard it is if you're not focused. Like you said, you have an army background. It's like if you're not focused, I mean, how how well are you executing your job, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, with like being the GM and head coach, it's kind of like you got everybody. You know, you get a lot of ideas shot at you from players and everybody. Like you say, staying focused because it's like like being the dad of the family or something. You know, you yeah. got to kind of take in all. Like I always take in everybody's input. But at the end of the day, they're like, coach, it's it's going to be your call. But, you know, I'm the kind of like, hey, like a Pat Riley, you know, hey, I take everybody's input in. But because it's good to have, you know, and then everybody feels involved in the situation. But like at the end of the day, you got to kind of cipher through everything. But stay, keep your focus, like you said. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great point. I know that the causes you guys play for mean a lot to you guys. Can you share them with our listeners and why you chose them? Yeah, well, uh, diabetes because I, I'm diabetic type. Yeah, one. me too. Yeah. Oh, you're one. I'm type two. Yeah. So you you know first and foremost daily struggle. You know, yep. and it's just and I know people that's even died from it and just the daily struggle that like people that don't have it don't understand. It's like you know on the outside we're kind of like hey everything's good, but you know one day you could wake up and hit that wall. Mm-hmm. It's just like. Yeah, it's just important for me to get the word out to try and help people. That's my big thing is I found out because years ago I was at my worst point with diabetes. I had an A1C of like 15. I've been there. So I was like on the doorstep. So I really, once I got that under control, really did my research. So I was like, man, you know, I'm finding a lot out. So I want to be able to help others because a lot of people, they find out or have diabetes, they get upset, they're struggling. So I'm like, hey, let's just sit down and I like to be able to help people with it. So diabetes is really important to me. Crohn's disease, uh, Aaron Maxey, he has Crohn's disease. He's a big advocate of that, big spokesman. And he can go into more detail about that because he he lives with Crohn's disease. So that's really important to us because with Aaron being our teammate, with, you know, him wanting it, that's important to us. So anything that's important to somebody else, you know, and I like to find out about Crohn's disease. You know, any disease, you know, I, I want to be educated on anything that I'm want to, you know, know about. So, and then first responders for all the jobs they do day in, day out. I got a buddy I was in the army with that lives down in Salt Lake. In fact, uh, fire chief, you know, so I see what he goes through daily. So, and you see the police officers or just your EMT, anybody's a first responder that you can rely on daily. We want to definitely show you know appreciation and that everybody can see the great job that they do and of course our veterans me being a army veteran i've got to get out there and show props to all the veterans past and present you know and say thank you i always say being a veteran i'm a i'm a lucky one there's all these you know a lot of veterans that didn't make it back from the past or different wars or just struck even fight the daily struggle of you know ptsd or just injuries that they have on a daily basis i want to be able to represent them and bring awareness to them because i feel sometimes maybe they get kind of swept under the rug and i've seen it happen and you know i want to be able to get out there and be their voice too which is important because a lot of times i don't feel like they have a voice you know what i mean i i have friends that are vets and 
you hear about a lot of the struggles. The PTSD is definitely one of those things that a lot of us go through. And I think a lot of us that didn't have to serve don't understand how lucky we are that we didn't have to serve. And, uh, you know, we should really make it a, I think, an important part of this country to really help those men and women that serve to get, you know, get the help they need with that, but also, you know, make sure that they, help them re- get readjusted coming back into you know life out of war out of you know because oh, exactly. we've been in war i mean we've been in war a lot you know over the last couple decades and you know i couldn't even imagine what it's like being out there and then trying to come back and just live a normal life again i don't it, there there has to be some kind of way that could be transitioned and i don't know how good of a job that's you know oh, exactly yeah yeah you're right like you do, what programs do they have what, what you know because you come back and it's kind of like you know, hey, we got this, but thank you. You know, they don't really follow. I don't feel that, you know, the VA or whoever really follows up. It's kind of like, okay, you're back or you have diabetes or whatever disease you may have or complications, but here you go. Read this, take this, and there you go. Rather than just saying, hey, let's sit down, let's get counseling and, you know, let's help people. Yeah, that 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 would make such a difference just in general. And you know, I think it's important also just like with mental health, you know, I mean, we're all guys and guys don't talk about their mental health a lot. And imagine going over overseas, being overseas for a long time, fighting in a war um, and then not talking about that stuff and what you went through. It's got to be a lot harder to readjust and a lot harder. I mean, you know, you know, so everybody out there that's a vet or whatnot, you know, your mental health is important and, oh, exactly. and make sure you take care of it. Um, you guys change your name from the Utah Valor to the Redeem team. Um, yeah. why the name change and why the name redeem team? Uh, well, like I said, we've always felt kind of, cause well, being like an underdog team. And then we've all kind of tried to get in the last few years, seeking our redemption. Mainly it's just, a, you know, the redeem team, we feel we've been overlooked, you know, we're kind of underdogs and we all got our own backstories, our own battles we fought and just redemption. And we started thinking, you know, redemption, redeem team. You know, we got, we all feel we want to get out there and redeem ourselves because we fought, like, I'll just say, for instance, with TBT, we know we've had a good team the last few years. In fact, I had one of my buddies, uh, you know, that was in TBT last year. They got in and he's like, hey, I want to thank you. And I'm thinking for what? He says that you guys didn't get in. But he says, I mean that as a compliment because he's like, if you would have got in, I know you could have beat us. So it's kind of like, well, you know, I'm like, thank you. And he says, no, I really mean that. He says, you guys had a team that could have made a deep run in this tournament. And by them doing that, it, it benefited them, like he was saying. But, you know, so we're feeling, we've just been overlooked, you know. And I feel, and the TBT's great. We love the tournament. But I think they put a lot of stock and a lot of hype in certain teams and certain, you know, like I'm going to just say the alumni teams a lot. And maybe teams like ours and others, or maybe even Team 23 last year overlooked teams that are really good basketball teams but get overlooked maybe because of the you want to say it's about the money like the old jerry Maguire thing show <laughs> me the money show me the money <laughs> the actual quality of your product yeah and i agree i felt like you guys were very very overlooked i mean having Kloss at seven three and NGI seven six like you could have gone big you could have gone small you had shooters you had drivers i thought that you had a little bit of everything and I got to ask, because I think it's a really interesting process of building a team in TBT. I know that you're a blue collar guy, but what did you look for in players to decide that they're a good fit or not? Like what sticks out to you most as a GM or a coach to say that this guy belongs on this team? 
Uh, just their mentality, you know, because a guy will contact me and I kind of want, I mean, I'll do my homework, see where they play, you know, first and foremost, but I want to talk to them, kind of, kind of see what kind of individual they are, you know, because a lot of guys will say, hey, I want to play in this and that. And then they're slow about following through on stuff or, yeah, I want to play, but you can kind of tell they're not team guys. You know, I want to get guys on the team that are, you know, like I say, blue collar, maybe have. Let me use, for example, on this year's team, uh, Raymond Robinson or, you know, Ryle Owens, just as an example, guys that have, you know, played like uh, Raymond was in college ball, really good player, got overlooked, been playing in the military league, you know, really good player, but, you know, blue collar attitude. Guys that want to seek redemption, you know, basically it boils down to blue collar attitude and, re, you know, want to seek redemption. That I keep pounding that in, but it's like, if you've gone through hard times, you know, you're going to stick through things a little bit more rather than just coming. Cause you see a lot of teams put together in TBT or even college or pro level guys jumping ship to, Hey, I want to go to the easy team. You know, like yeah. when golden state put their team together, free agents going to an easy road rather than just saying, okay, let me use the example, Jimmy Butler. That's a good example. They said, I, in fact, I seen today, they're like, when Jimmy was a free agent, he could have signed with anybody but he chose Miami due to the culture, due to yeah. the blue collar attitude of wanting to be a member of a team. And that, like I said, comes down from Pat Riley too. And I kind of wanted to build that kind of culture with the redeem team and prior just the blue collar culture of guys that are in it together, like a family, rather than just, I'm coming just to play and get my own rather than build, you know, cause that, if you can't rely on them now before the game, what's going to happen when the pressure when, like Roger Staubach used to say, I want tea bass because when that water gets hot, I want guys that can handle it, you know, so kind yeah. of like that. Yeah, and I know that you're left out of the tournament. Did TBT give you an explanation of why they didn't include you in the tournament? Like, did you get the explanation or what do you feel like you were missing from your team to, to the committee? Obviously not to, because to you, obviously you think you're good enough to, but what do you think didn't stand out to the committee? Was it just because it wasn't alumni? Like, was it the money thing or... Was there something about your team specifically talent-wise that you think that you're missing? Uh, like I say, as far as the talent and the team, I mean, we had the team. Yeah. I mean, that's no doubt in my mind and everybody's mind. I mean, honestly, I mean, I like I said, I love TBT. But, you know, I think it boiled down just like anything, a popularity type thing. You know, if it comes down between us and maybe a high-profile alumni or somebody or maybe somebody that's a little bit more popular, I mean, they're going to run with that rather than say, okay, we do have a quality team here that was be probably better than, you know, like I, and this was told to me by, by other teams, better than half the teams in that field. But due to the fact, maybe, you know, it wasn't, we weren't maybe as the popular kid at the dance. So, yeah. so to speak, like I always remember, if you remember back in the day, uh, Lakers and Celtic bird magic was the, they were battling oh, the yeah. late eighties. Here comes this team. You know, you had Michael Jordan making his way, but wait, there's a team up in Detroit. Not really popular, blue collar, but like Isaiah always said, we weren't the popular kids at the dance. And the NBA didn't really like us, but we were making our own way and we had to do it our way to kind of crash that party. And I feel that's kind of like with the Redeem team. We're not the popular kid at the dance, so to speak, you know, or the pretty girl they want to say, but we're here to play. And I think, the, you know, our team and our quality speaks for itself, but it's more, more or less a popularity thing. And like I say, Unfortunately, where they have buy-in spots, 
I mean, if you can come up with the money, you, I mean, I'm just saying as an example, maybe you don't have a high quality team, but if you have the cash, they'd put you in over a high quality, which I don't favor that at all. You know, right. I would rather see everybody get a chance to play your way in, yeah. you know, rather than just say, okay, you got the money you're in over. And then a good team's left's like, wait, wait a minute, you know? So it's yeah. like, no, I'd rather have a chance to play my way on the way in rather than be, you know, picked on a popularity type thing. That's fair is fair, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Or even a play in tournament to get into the tournament, I thought would always be a good idea. Yeah, exactly. It's more money for them and it gives everybody a chance. And I mean, people that maybe don't have the sexy name still get a chance to compete because I think you're right. Some of those blue collar teams really show up and surprise people because I don't think a lot of people thought team 23 were going to end up in the championship game, Oh no, yeah. you know? And I mean, they, they fought their way in and I mean, I thought it was a really well put together team, but um, I'm a coach. And so I kind of know some of the struggles that you might go through. And I, I got to ask because making cuts is the worst part of my job. You know, for the most part, I never want to cut. Yeah. Anybody. So I, have you ever had to have the awkward conversation and cut anyone or do you just make your team captain Chris Jones tell them? <laughs> uh, that would be easier. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, like I say, usually what like with TBT is an example, the way, you know, cause I'm pretty, you know, an easygoing guy and I'll give everybody a chance, but it might boil down to, you know, say I got 12 guys, 10 spots, who's putting in the work, you know, cause a lot of guys, oh, okay, I've done this. And then they just kind of sat there and wait, but you know, like Chris puts in the work, Aaron puts in the work. I got a few other guys and, you know, it might come down to if I, you know, the guys who put in the work as far as TBT, cause a lot of guys don't want to get out there and do the song and dance, post the videos, do the promotion. And unfortunately with TBT, it might come down to that. You know, so it might be just the work ethic that gets you cut, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So you're coaching. Are you also running your social media? Because we've seen the memes and I mean, they're yeah. hilarious. Are you also yeah, running pretty, a social media? Pretty much media? running everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I've noticed that you're not afraid to call out some of the top teams. And I got to ask, is there a team that you want to play most? I mean, you got to have that one team that you just want to, that you just want to meet in the tournament. Well, like I say, you know, you always want to go after the top dog, you know? So I wouldn't be afraid to take on Bayheims or Conference Crew or any of the high-profile teams. Like I say, you got to go through everybody to win the whole tournament. So, you know, I'll take anybody on. You know, and I, and I have to. I really have to say thank you because we put something out there last week about taking on anybody. And uh, Odd Elmore and heard that stepped up and said they they would be glad to play us. And like I say, we need to make Dan Frill and TBT need to make that happen because that'd be an honor to play those guys because they're one of the top teams. And like I said, I'd love to play them too. Well, it'd be cool too, because it'd show that you guys belong. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd show, show that, you know, you bring in the, uh, the dog to the fight essentially. Right. What can we expect from your team this year? Everybody returning? Is there any new additions or what's your pitch to the, let the TBT know that you deserve a spot this year? Oh, like I say, we got most of like I say, we got Chris and Marquise coming back. But a lot of new additions. Uh, Aaron, he's back leading the charge also. Uh, we got Larry Turner. He's a, a big 6'11". I think he played for the Lakers back in the day for a bit. In the G League, played overseas. Big guy. Real, yeah, real nice him. guy. So we got Larry there in the middle. That's going to help us because he's still in great shape. Plus, he's a coach. A lot of the guys I bring on the team coach it. You know, they coach on the side. So we got a lot of guys that are coaches, which makes my job easier because they have great knowledge. So, and one thing I've discovered like through TBT or just coaching higher level guys, they know if you're BSing, 
So you can go to an Aaron Maxey or a Larry Turner and just say, hey, here's what I need done. And they'll be like, let's go. Because they can, they'll know if you know what you're doing or not. So that makes my job a lot easier. So, and then we got a uh, Ryle Owens, Raymond Robinson, and Broderick Robinson guards. I had to get some really good ball handlers because I noticed in TBT over the years, you know, you get your alumni teams that are really good, but it's come down to ball handling. In fact, last year with Team 23, in fact, they played a lot of small ball and had some good wings, and it was very effective because where the games aren't. And TBTR really as long as an actual game, they go so fast, you know, having really good guards that can run the floor. And that's what we plan on doing. You know, I get tired of watching, you know, guys coming down and whether it be TV, they're just kind of passing it around and this and that. And I'm, we want to run and gun. And I think, you know, just watch. In fact, it kind of was watching the old winning time series. I remember that when I was a kid, you know, the actual Lakers team and Jack McKinney and, that kind of style. And then with Paul Westhead, when he got to LMU and I'm like, Hey, you know, this would work great in TBT. Just for a fact, you get some ball handlers, guys that are in shape and just run and gun. Cause you, the games aren't as long. Plus a lot of these teams might not be in shape. I mean, yeah, they're good guys. They've been playing, but you know, I got it, you know, watching teams get tired and they get tired fast. So if you got a team that's in shape, can run and gun, play defense press. I think it's a big asset in TBT. No, yeah. that and Chris is going to love the gunning part. He's going to love that part. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, is there anything else outside of TBT that you're working on that you might want our listeners to know about? Oh, just mainly. Uh, I'm trying to think. TBT kind of took over everything. Uh, just mainly, co- you know, my little granddaughter. I like trying to get her involved in sports more. Of course, you know, teaching her, trying to show her that you know the old grandpa. Hey, when I was a kid. Well, it was funny. I had her pulled up the other day. It was fact. It was the Lakers Sixers game the other day on the actual day that it happened, game six. And she's looking at it. And I'm like, hey, I was your age when that was played. And she says, what? They had this when you were 10. It was like, you know, like she's amazed, you know, but just trying to get involved in her life a little bit, trying to teach her sports. But, you know, I, I don't know that she's a girl. So she's more of a girly girl. So I don't know. I might have trouble getting her going <laughs> sure 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 makes sense hey we're gonna do a quick lightning round with you it's just a right. one or two word answer some questions zach's gonna ask you zach are you ready to answer uh ask the questions i am and uh my first one is who's the one guy in tbt that you saw live where you said damn he belongs in the nba uh of course joe with joe johnson definitely but uh marcus keen's been really good you know i've seen just that guy's done you know, and Mo Creek, those guys from sideline cancer the last couple of years, they've just been lights out, you know, playing for a good cause. And just, you know, I remember when they started, too, they were kind of like us, just, you know, making their way. And then all of a sudden, bam, they caught fire and, you know, kept going. Now, what would have happened if TBT would have said, hey, sideline cancer, yeah, but then overlooked them. Look what they would have missed out on. But, yeah, I'd say guys like that, Joe Johnson, you know, Mo Creek, uh, there, there is a lot of guys. I mean, I could go down the list, you know, uh, heard that, like I say, uh, El- the Elmore brothers, you know, those yeah. guys can shoot. They might be, you know, a little bit of, out of college a few years, but those dudes can light it up. So, <laughs> yeah, John Elmore, especially that guy can really light it up for sure. Um, any weird superstitions that you, a former teammate or guys that you coach have that come to mind? Oh, wow. I'm just trying to 
That is all right. And you know, that's funny. I said, I know I'm superstitious about certain things, but it's like, I don't actually remember. It's like you do it, but don't realize it. You know, <laughs> yeah, you do it by habit for sure. <laughs> yeah. Probably just, I don't know. Well, I probably not really, maybe a routine. I would say just like I said, the last few years, just keeping on routine as far as diabetes, working out, training, things of that nature. Cause it's like, wow, if I forget to work out today, that's going to throw me off tomorrow. Sounds kind of weird and funny, but yeah, maybe that's a superstition. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm pretty blue collar, just like you. I'm the same way. If I don't get my work out in my, my day is pretty much all messed up. Uh, <laughs> if you could realistically get one guy on the redeem team, who would that be? Oh, wow. One guy. Let's see. Just trying to think anybody. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> that's hard. It's a loaded question. I know. <laughs> yeah. I always start thinking of the old school guys, but yeah, they're out of, oh, wow. I'm trying to think maybe Dwayne, I'm going to say, you know, guy that's just Dwayne Wade, you okay. know, cause he's recently, he hasn't re- been out a few years and he owns the part of the jazz down here. And I, yeah, I'd say Dwayne Wade, you know, yeah. cause I think and I even, Hey, even bring old Shaq back. I mean, he, <laughs> Hey, he might be past his prime, but 300 some pounds, seven foot, put him in the mail. Ain't nobody getting to that basket. <laughs> Absolutely. If you can get those two, that'd be, that'd be great additions. And they're, and they're blue collar. They fit the mix perfectly. Oh yeah. I'd love to have those two. Yeah. Like I said, probably like you say, Dwayne Wade, he'd bring a great attitude, blue collar, great leader. I'd definitely like to have him on the team. I love it. Uh, who's your toughest cover in football and why? Oh, my tough, oh, my toughest cover. Yeah. Oh, wow. Let's trying to think far as covering. I'm just trying to think of receivers nowadays. Boy, it's hard to say nowadays. <laughs> yeah. You got so many out there. Uh, probably Mo, uh, Debo Samuel's pretty tight this nowadays. He'd okay. be rough. To, what's weird you mentioned that uh, there's this guy, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the USFL. Oh, yeah, I watch every week. That big ad, that big dude Adams from yep. the break, that dude's going to be something. Yep. But yeah, like I said, Debo Samuel's a tough cover, you know, nowadays because he he's just built solid and he can run routes as well. Built like a running back too. Yeah. So and uh, Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, you know, like I say, guys like that are really hard to cover because they're knowledgeable. You know, that's what's you know you get a lot of guys out there that can run routes, but if they're knowledgeable and how to make the cuts, how to get open, it's at all the stuff that happens after the play that we don't see where they get open so i'd say guys like that are tough okay and uh my final question i ask everybody this what's your favorite basketball memory if you had to pick just one what's that one that always comes to mind my favorite basketball memory and i always got to go back you know i have so many but i go back to when i was a kid like i say that magic johnson game six 80 finals because i remember it was before all you know because i had to listen to it on the radio everything was on tape delay we didn't get the game to 11 at night so I remember listening to it on the radio, then stayed up all night to like three in the morning watching it. Just, just the excitement of it. I mean, yeah. he was a rookie, and like I said, just the excitement of the event and that uh, situation. What am I trying to say? That has made an impact on me. Just I remember, like you say, I remember that like yesterday, and I always remember that as a great memory. Just to see what he brought to the game, and I think that made me work bring more where he was blue collar, but he loved the game. You know, he got out there having fun, but he's blue collar. And I think that's where I kind of developed that is like, you can get out there and have fun, but keep your mentality, your fortitude and stay focused. And I 
thank Magic Johnson for that. So I think just watching him as a young kid from when he started, kind of I was really glad to do that just because I think it developed my love for the game more. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was a Knicks fan, still a Knicks fan, but I wasn't missing those Celtic Laker games on CBS. I'll tell oh, you, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, pro- we're probably around the same age. I, I yeah. was I was not missing those games. It was a clinic in basketball. And, and that game you're talking about in 1980 um, is probably one of the biggest finals moments when you think about it because he was playing out of position. Oh, yeah. And, and he still, you know, it was like 42 points. I think he had 18 rebounds. And it was something in, his stat line was insane. But to think he's playing out of position, playing the center position, still putting up those kind of numbers, you know, as a rookie. I mean, you can't oh, beat yeah. that. So I totally understand why that would be your most favorite basketball memory. Is there anything you'd like to add or promote before we let you out of here? Oh, just like I say, I want to get everybody to get out there and support the redeem team and it really means a lot just to get in the tournament. I think it's like I always say, it's more than just the money. It's it's personal to us, you know. It's something that's bigger than all of us. And I want to bring it, you know, yeah, I do it for myself, but I want to see the guys on the team get out there and play, represent their causes. I mean, I mean I'm an old guy. I'm just a coach. But these guys got to, you know, this is something that could be a big stepping stone to them. You know, and they're all, for one way or another, the guys on our team have been overlooked. They're underdogs. They're seeking to And I think getting being able to get in TBT is a big stepping stone for them. And I want to do it for them. You know, I mean, like I say, I'm an old guy. I get out there and have fun with it and coach. And I got my own personal reasons I want to get in there and do it. But mainly it's for the team. And I think once the public, they can identify with the Redeem team. Like I say, it's nice to have your alumni and your high-profile teams. But guys like us, Blue Collar, yourselves, you know, they want to see the underdogs from nowhere get in there. Because I think the blue-collar fan across America, I mean, TBT looks at it a little bit like, oh, hey, alumni teams, everybody wants to see them, which is, yeah, they do. But you turn on the TV, you're thinking, hey, here's this little team, Redeem team, guys from across America. They're playing for these causes. Hey, I want to get to know these guys. And it, all it takes is just one win, one just to light that fire. And that could promote any of these guys to future success because – I mean, like I say, it's a springboard for them, and I want to see them get out there. So I really encourage anybody, please support the Redeem team because it means a lot, not only me, but it means a lot to the team. And I can't express how much it would mean for us to get in there and compete for our causes and veterans and to finally just get in there and do some good. Yeah, that's amazing. And and honestly, it's you pretty much sold anybody listening right now for sure. I, <laughs> that was very passionate. Um before we let you out of here, Zach, is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, Coach, thanks so much for your time today. I, I mean, I really do love your passion, and the guys that you get on your team are such high-character guys that play for great causes, and uh, that makes me a fan forever of you guys. Oh, so I'm really pulling for you guys. guys. Yeah, and just oh. thanks so much for being here. Um, if you ever need anything down the road, let us know, and uh, thank will. you for your service. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys for giving myself not only and all my team team time to get out and speak you know because like i say where tbt kind of promotes who they want you guys are giving us a stage and it it means the world and thank you for keep promoting us and sharing our tweets and anything that means the world and i want to say thank you hey, awesome. right back at you for sharing our stuff as well right back at you much yeah we, we do appreciate that thank you very much for coming on the show to say stay safe out there and uh we'll talk to you good. soon sounds good you guys have a great day thank you thank you
Well, you know, for me, it's always fun to have a guy that uh, played football and almost professional football on the show. So it's neat to talk about some football, not just basketball. But uh, that guy is just a workaholic, man. I mean, everything that he does for the TBT is, is actually quite impressive. And it shows you how much the people that are involved with that league really do love that league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we like I said, we've had like half their roster on. They're all high character guys. Uh, they play for really great causes, and I really hope they get in this year because I think that they got snubbed last year and they got a lot to prove. So I hope that they make it in. I'm hoping the maybe the new name change helps. And if they don't get in this year, they got to make another name change. I mean, another another name I liked was the Blue Collar Ballers. I don't know. So oh, but, that's a good name. Yeah, that that fits them well. But Redeem Redeem Team's a great name. That definitely fits them too. And I'm just really pulling for them. Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, especially, you know, after talking with with Brian, it was just a great conversation. Um, Speaking of great conversations and wonderful things happening, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the show, downloading it. Um, We're charting in five countries right now um, simultaneously, which is amazing. So thank you so much for that. Helps us get great guests on the show. And uh, it's really a lot of it has to do with you guys. I mean, we just interview. You guys are the ones that help us, you know, get our name out there, which has been awesome. There's more people hitting us up for interviews and, you know, makes Zach's job easier not having to try to find a bunch of guests, which is great. So we do really appreciate it. So thank you guys for doing that. Zach, is there anything you want to add before we get out of here? Just big thanks to Coach Tracy. Thanks for his service. I mean, thanks to all of his uh, players that have taken the time to be on our show, too. I'm just really pulling for him. And uh, my shot's been feeling good lately. I want to challenge Chris Jones with a little three-point shootout. The challenge is on, Chris. I I was going to say, when are you going to end up playing ball in the TBT? (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Well, anyway, (laughs) enjoy enjoy the week, folks. Thanks for listening to the show. Super appreciate it. Like I always say, be good to yourselves. Be good to others. Stay safe out there. Peace.